0: How many are thankful that you have a God that is able to do immeasurably more than all that I ask or imagine? You may be seated. I uh it was funny when I asked this question this morning. It's going to be funny tonight too, but I want you to think about something. I don't want you to answer out loud, and you'll understand why in just a second. I want you to think about what is the what's the what's the wildest craziest party that you have personally ever been to? Now, this is the five o'clock service, so it might have been last night, and that's why you're at the five o'clock service. I don't know, but what's the, what's the wildest, craziest party you've ever been to? Think about it for a minute. Get it in your mind and just tell your neighbor so you can get it off your chest. Just go ahead and confess it. It's like, okay, whatever, whatever. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Come on, don't look at me like y'all ain't partied. A couple of y'all look like y'all have never partied. That's probably the wrong church. Um... I, I know sometimes parties get out of hand. You went there, you didn't intend on it to get wild, but next thing you knew, you had a lampshade on your head and you're singing Garth Brooks' song backwards and, and, and it happens, it happens. I get it, I understand. But I'll, here's what I'd be willing to bet. That the party that you went to that maybe got a little bit out of hand happened because of a celebration. You were celebrating something or someone. You were celebrating somebody's birthday. You were celebrating uh, the 4th of July. You were celebrating... a Graduation. People just don't randomly get together and just get, just get crazy. There's usually a reason to get together and, and celebrate. Now, the reason I bring that up is because typically, when you think of church, you don't think of celebration. As we talked about last week, you think of, of condemnation, and you, but you don't think of celebration, which is crazy when we think about it. Because church should be the happiest most exciting celebrating place on the planet. We've got every reason in the world to celebrate, yet one of the things that the church doesn't do well is celebrate. So instead of, instead of embracing that, I say we changed that because, because as we read through the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, God is setting the nation of Israel free and he tells them, hey, before you go into the promised land, I want you to do something. Seven times a year, I want you to have a one-week festival and all you're gonna do that week is feast and party. Now, for those of you that think God is dull and boring, God said party for seven weeks. Shut every business down, and throw a party. And, and there, there was the Feast of Trumpets. There was the Feast of Tabernacles. There, there, there was Feast to celebrate the provision of God. There were feasts to celebrate the protection of God. But there was so much celebration in the Old Testament. And I'm like, we need to get back to celebrating because God said, His, he didn't ask it. He didn't request it. He commanded it. And so one of the things that we've got to do as a church is we've got to constantly celebrate what God has done in our church. But even more than that, we've got to constantly celebrate what God has done in our lives. So for those that are familiar with this, pretend like you're excited about it at least. And for those that are unfamiliar, let me just give you a brief history of our story and why we talk about celebration so much. Because as you look around, this is our five o'clock service, but this is where we started. And when I say we, I mean me. I put an iPhone 7 right there on that bookshelf, and I propped it up and prayed it wouldn't fall, and I preached to an iPhone in that living room. That was the first service in December of 2017. That's the first service we had at Second Chance. I'm just kinda curious, did anybody watch that broadcast? Anybody? Okay, two, three, four. Okay, that's, that's good. Um, I blocked 200 people on Facebook that day. It was awesome. They said stuff about me and my mama and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, it was great, but this is where we, we started, and then we, we grew. In fact, we more than quadrupled in size. And that sounds great, but this is, it's, it's that. We had church in that room downtown for a year. We had like 15 people and it was pretty much like an invite only. Um, it was kind of like, like, like an old school like speakeasy. Y'all remember, ah, it's probably not the best metaphor, but, but you, you get what I'm saying. We, we would invite people. And what I would say was, you know, we want to invite people, because all we did was this like message. There was no music. There's just message. It was, and, it was, and people go, don't you wish you had those days back? No, it was awful. It was, it was horrible preaching with no music. It, it, I love our worship time here. It's just, it's just great. It sets the tone. Preaching, yeah, yeah, yeah. Preaching without music is like sprinting without stretching. You can get hurt, all right? But, but we did it that way for a year, and then we had the opportunity to get some property down the road, to lease it. And, and so we, we, and we needed $250,000. So some of you, because we're so creative, you'll remember the campaign we started. It's called, We Need $250,000. That's what we called the campaign, and we got it. So we moved to this location. How many started attendance to take a chance in this location? Okay, more people. It is now a liquor store. That's why we, <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, people. I had somebody text me, Not too long ago, said, Hey, I'm standing where your little office used to be. There's a bunch of bourbon here. I'm like, Sounds about right. But we met there and we we had two services and then we had three services and then we had four services and then we had the COVID. We were shut down and we were one of the first churches to open back up. We're like, Screw it, let's do it. Let's treat people like adults. If you wanna come, come. If you don't wanna, you know, watch home, you don't watch home. And we grew. And then this space came available, but we needed a half a million dollars to get in the building. So we did a campaign called, we need a half a million dollars. We did this, y'all remember? And we raised it, it was crazy. And so we're here today, we're in this location, and we're building an additional 200 seat overflow area, and we're, because we're packed on Sunday mornings. We're, if all of y'all should, would have shown up this morning, especially 11 o'clock, we wouldn't have been able to seat you. We were slammed. And, and we're building additional kids space, and we're continuing to grow. And the reason I always want to tell this story is because if I don't, we will forget the faithfulness of God, and God help the church that forgets the faithfulness of God. But I said all that to set you up for this next sentence, because I know if I were you, this is what I'd be thinking. Oh, we're talking about the building, we are talking about the building, talk about the building. And I am going to talk about the building. but there's a reason I'm talking about the building. and it's this. I don't want our church to be known for building great buildings, but rather building great people. Because if, if you build great people, then, then you will have to build great buildings. And I want for you, like let's, let's pretend that this chair, work with me here, it, this chair represents Jesus. And if you walk in this church, let's say this is where you are in your relationship with Jesus, over time I want you to be able to take just another step closer even if it's a baby step. So our vision is to create an environment where people, all people can experience the presence of Jesus every single week because I believe that if you come into the presence of Jesus, it is impossible to stay the same. You have to change. I have to change. We have to change. And imagine imagine 1500 to two thousand people just in Anderson County doing this right here on a Sunday. That switches the temperature of everything, and that's the vision I want, for, I want for you to become closer to Jesus because you attend this church, which brings us which brings us to our verse or a verse that that kind of launched this whole idea of this message today. And it's found in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And the Bible says, Luke tells us this. He said, all the believers. How many of the believers? One, two, three. All the believers devoted themselves. Don't miss this. They didn't blame their spiritual condition on somebody else. Oh, okay, let me lean in there, because nobody said amen. I'm sorry you had a bad childhood. It's not your mom and daddy's fault in regards to where you are in your relationship with Jesus. Being an adult means accepting responsibility. And you want to talk about things that happen to you that suck? I'm sure we can trade war stories all day long. But at the end of the day, we are ridiculously in charge of our spiritual journey and our walk with Jesus. Other people are going to, I'm not saying it doesn't affect it. But I'm saying we, we can't use it. We've got to be willing to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and the prayer. That, that verse right there. They, they chose devotion over emotion. And, and we have a society today it, it, that chooses emotion emotion. I don't, I don't feel like, let me ask you this question, and, and no, my hand is gonna be the first one raised. Have you ever woke up on a Sunday and said, I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like, I don't feel like seeing those people. I don't, oh, I didn't say raise your hands that way. That was quick. Everybody was like, I didn't even, dear God. I had, one guy back here had both hands. <laughs> <sighs> Calm down, okay, I got it. We've all. I don't want to. I don't want go to church today. I want to see those people. I want to sing. If we sing that song, if we sing that song, well, I'd hate that song. I want to sit next to that person. But you find yourself either either you force yourself to get up or somebody makes you come and you show up and you sit down and at some point in the message, whether it's in, whether it's in the message or maybe it's the music, God begins to move and stir your heart and you get out in that lobby and you turn and look at somebody and you say, I didn't want to come to church today, but I'm. Wow. See, that, that type of attitude is, it's not that I don't feel like going to church today. It's like, oh, I'm getting resistance. It must mean that Jesus is, the devil's nervous that I'm going to church today. I want the devil to be nervous that you're coming to church at, at second chance. I want him to be nervous. And that happens when we devote ourselves. And if you devote yourself to something long enough, it shows, it'll show. We've got a couple that attend um, our church named Dave and Michelle Poland. They're incredible people, they're great friends, they're great volunteers. They sit right here every Sunday morning, and Dave, I confirmed this this morning, Dave has never missed a Sunday at Second Chance since we opened, never missed a Sunday. Um, But his wife, Michelle, uh, and I got her permission to share this, so don't worry, I'm not going through anybody's Facebook and gonna put your picture up. I got her permission to share this, but Michelle has been on a journey, and she got serious, got like uber serious about this journey in January, and I want to show you a picture of Michelle in January, um, and then a picture of just from her from her birthday, just about a week ago. This is Michelle in January, and this is Michelle. This is Michelle. Was it a week ago? Was it a week ago was her birthday? Now I want to I want to stop everybody real quick because this is what you're doing. What book did she read? What program did she go on? What what? You know, stop! It doesn't matter. She devoted herself. It's not not the program that's gonna change you. It's your decision to devote yourself. So if you want to devote yourself, if you wanna grow spiritually, I'm gonna give you five steps tonight that you can take. And here's what's beautiful about these steps. Everybody in this room can take them. Anybody watching online right now can take these steps. They're they're so simple, but they're not easy. Are you ready? Okay, well, nobody's ready. I'm gonna do them anyway. You know what? I'm gonna preach anyway. Here we go, number one. Take your next step. And in parentheses, I got miracles, and and there's a reason for that. Everybody in this room, everybody, has a next step in your walk with Christ. Now, let me tell you how you can identify it. It's uncomfortable. It's not easy. It will stretch your faith. But if you don't take that next step, you're not going to grow. And if you're stuck in your walk with Jesus, I want to just... Throw out the possibility that maybe it's because you know what that next step is. You haven't taken it yet. Because when you take your next step, well, let me just ask this question. By the way, I'm doing a lot of question asking tonight, a lot of hand raising. What I'm trying to do, we got a lot of former Presbyterians. And I'm trying to get you used to raising your hand at church. How many people would love to see God do a miracle in your life? You'd love to see a miracle. You'd love to see a miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. If you really want to see a miracle, take your next step i set it up this way. I was in this back hallway uh, just a few weeks ago, and I'm gonna get it more into this. We're doing a series um, in June and part of July for, for men. Um, we were gonna call it the Man Series, but uh, then I, I made up my mind this morning in the message while I was preaching it. We're gonna call it Getting Stronger, and we're calling it Getting, Getting Stronger, a series for men and the women that love them. All right, so we're trying to get everybody included. But I was in this back hallway, and God is stretching me right now in some areas. Like, he's stretching me. He's, he's pushing me. And I'm, I'm 51. I don't want to be pushed. And, but but he's, he's doing it more. So I, I ran into this guy back here, and he's, he's, a, he's a good dude. He's at our church every week. And I went to give him, like, the man slap on the shoulder. You know how we see each other? We slap each other on the shoulder, which is awesome, except in the summer when you got a sunburn, somebody's always going to come up and hit you. So I went to hit him on the shoulder, and he went, whoa! And I looked, and his arm was in a sling. And, and I said, and, I, and I, I just, sometimes you just say stupid things because you don't know what to say. I was like, oh, is your arm hurt? <laughs> he said, nope. Just put it in a sling to make people ask questions. Here's your sign. Um, I, 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 said, I said, what'd you do to your arm? And he was like, man, I don't know. He said, I don't know what I did to my arm. He said, you know, and he kind of described it to me. I was like, oh man, that sounds, that sounds horrible. And I'm getting ready to walk away. And God spoke to me in that moment. It was almost audible. I've never heard God audibly, but this is about as close. And God said, pray for him. Pause. And push the pause button. I'm an introvert. I know, it don't, I don't, I know it, you don't believe that, but if you see me at Target and I don't talk to you, it's not because I'm stuck up. It's because I, I'm looking at the floor. The only reason I'm in Target is Shannon made me go. <laughs> I'm an introvert. Oh, Perry, you're so extra. I practice this for, for five or six hours a week. This is, I, I'm, I'm an introvert. And I know this is another thing pastors aren't supposed to say. I don't, I'm not real good at praying for people. Like, it makes me nervous. If you ask me to pray for you, I'll start sweating. I don't know what to say. And, and I'm like, I had a track record there for a while that if I prayed for you, you got worse. <laughs> I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. I went to the Anderson Hospital three times in a row to pray for somebody to get well, and they died, every time. (laughs) They started following me around with body bags, because it's like, here's the guy. But God's stretching me right now. God's like, pray for him. I'm like, God, if I do this, his arm's gonna fall off, and we're gonna have to clean up the mess, and I'm gonna get blamed for it, and I don't need another Google search result. God, I just... But have you ever gotten that thing where you felt like if, if you didn't do something, God was gonna, like, you were like I felt like I might get struck with lightning. So I was like, I, okay, listen, man, I, just, I know this might be weird, but can I, can I pray for your arm? Can I pray for your hand? He was like, I would love that. So I paused and I prayed for him. And I, I still don't remember what I said. It wasn't all that. It wasn't, I don't know what it was. And I just kind of walked back in the first-timers area and did my thing. The next week, I walk in that door. He's right there. And when I walk in, he's got his arm, and he's like. <laughs> and I forgot about it. I was like, oh, great. He's lost his mind. He's like, Pastor P, look. I said, uh-huh. He said, my arm. You prayed for it. It's better. I said, oh, did you, did you go to the doctor? He goes, oh, no, it was, it was better that night. I had no feeling in my hand. All of a sudden, I had feeling in my hand. I got full movement. Thank you so much for praying. Now, he thinks he got the blessing, but, but I got, God was like, you see what happens? See what happens when you take your next step? The, the Bible tells us a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. So, if you want to see God do a miracle in your life, take your next step. See... I've had people ask me this question, and it's a legitimate question, and I never had a good answer for it until this week. This is the question Pastor Pete, why doesn't God? Let me pause for just a second. When I say Pastor P, P is a a letter, it's not Pastor Pete. I am not. I got two emails this week. I'm not Pastor Pete. There is no, I'm not Pete. I don't know who Pete is. Pastor P, as in what you do when you go to the bathroom. All right, we good? Y'all get extra stuff on Sunday night. What was I saying? (laughs) Miracles. If if you want to see God do a work in your life, you got to be willing to take your next step. And people say, Pastor P, why doesn't God do miracles today like he did back then? And the answer is simple. If you're not seeing miracles, you're not taking your next step because your next step always includes miracles. Think about this for a second. Nearly every miracle that Jesus performed required a step of faith from the people getting the miracle. In John chapter 2, when he turned the water into wine, did he wave his hand? Nope. He told the servants, go take those six water jars and fill them, 180 gallons. If the servants don't obey, they don't see the miracles. John chapter 5, the man by the pool of Bethesda, Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. The man didn't say, I would rather you just make me float. (laughs) He wouldn't have seen the miracle. He had to take Jesus at his word. There's a story in the Gospel of Luke where 10 lepers cry out to Jesus, heal us, make us clean. And he said, go show yourself to the high priest. And and the scripture records, as they were on their way, they were cleansed. Miracles happen when we take our step up. People push back and go, but Pastor P, miracles are the supernatural. And I would say you're right. But supernatural is when God puts his super on our natural. That's a miracle. So what's what's your next step? Because everybody... Everybody has a next step. For some of you, it's baptism. Some of you are like, man, I wish they had, I wish I'd have scanned that QR code a while ago. Wish I'd have scanned it. Man, I missed that opportunity to take my next step. (laughs) If you pray to receive Christ and you haven't been baptized yet, that's your next step. Let me pause and tell you. Don't tell me you want to see Jesus do a work in your life if you won't take your next step. On, That's not on him. That's on you. Yep. Yep. What about you, Pastor? I got my other stuff I'm wrestling through, all right? Number two, focus on what we are for. It's, it's one of those things where everybody knows what people are against, but very rarely do, 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 do we know what people are for, especially churches, I've been doing a ton of research for this man series and our country is so divided right now. And it seems like those divisions are getting wider and wider. Nobody can talk to each other because we're all too busy shouting at one another on social media. And, and when we look at the early church, we, we, we see Luke say something. He said, all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. In other words, they were unified. They were on the same team. Now, when I talk about unity, That's where people go, oh, see, but man, Pastor Pete, you said some things I'm not sure I agree with. Good, I said some things I'm not sure I agree with. Have you ever seen that when people are talking, you know, I was listening to so-and-so the other day. No, I don't agree with everything they say. Why do you have to say that? Of course you don't. Nobody does. We say that because we don't want people to think less of us. That's why we say it. That's why we say it. I'm not judging y'all, I say it too. I'm not saying we gotta agree on everything. I'm gonna prove to y'all that we don't agree on everything. We're gonna take some votes. And you're about to see why we don't vote. We'll give you a couple choices. I'm going to have you raise your hand on the choice. You're going to see that no choice is unanimous. This is deep spiritual stuff. (laughs) State or peanut butter pie. State, so if you had a choice, we had two tables. We had a state table or a peanut butter pie table. At, in the lobby tonight, which one would you go to? Now, there's somebody here, and I know you're here going, I am a vegan, and I have a peanut allergy. Sucks to be you. We don't have you included, all right? I, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. You, dear God. <laughs> so, who would, choose, who would choose steak? A lot of carnivores in the house. All right, good. Who would choose peanut butter pie? Yeah, yeah, that's me. I'm the peanut butter pie guy. I'm Reese's stuff, Yeah, come on. This next one will be fun. This next one will be fun. Beach or mountains? Beach. Now, now, work with me here, because when I say beach, I'm not talking about dirty myrtle, okay? I'm not, I'm not talking, about, I'm talking about Caribbean beach where you can actually see the in the water or mountains. And I'm not talking about Gatlinburg, because Gatlinburg is the, the jockey lot met the mountains, all right? That's <laughs> what it is. I love Gatlinburg, redneck. All right, I'm not talking about... I'm talking about like the, the Rocky Mountains where you can snow ski and stuff. So, how many, how many beach people? Some beach. Okay, how, many, how about mountains? No, okay. Yeah, not as many, but see, see, we, we're all getting along. Now, this next one. This next one will cause a fight. And it's not what you think. Coke. Now, I have to explain this. This is the, the soft drink. The second chance you got to say it here. Coke or Pepsi. How many people Coke? How many people Pepsi? And are backslidden. That's awesome. Yeah. Those of you that raise your hand for Pepsi, you're. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on. Communist is what you are. You're a communist, all right. There. Oh, y'all knew it was gonna happen. Y'all knew it was coming. South Carolina. Yeah, see, here's what's awesome. Here's what's awesome. Hold on, hold on. Y'all don't know what to celebrate. Y'all don't know how to celebrate because y'all never had anything to celebrate, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I forgot about the women's basketball thing. Um, yeah, you and the four other people that actually cared, but 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 you don't know how to celebrate. Now, you throw some killer tailgate parties, but we have been in contact with the University of South Carolina. Here's why. By halftime, nobody can clear a parking lot faster than them. We're trying to figure out how to clear that. So, how about Clemson? How about Clemson? Clemson, yeah. Georgia? Oh, had to do it, had to do it, had to do it, had to do it. We, we, we don't agree on, on everything, but you know what we can agree on? There's some things we can not agree on. We can agree that the tomb is empty. And because the tomb is empty, nothing is impossible. We can agree that Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood for our sins. And if we receive Christ, then our sins are paid for past present and future. We can agree that there is nothing more powerful than God's word and God's spirit at work in our lives. We can agree that those doors out there are wide open for anyone to walk in in any condition, no matter where they are spiritually, because we, listen, we love messy people. Now, every church says that until messy people show up. We, we can agree on those things. And those are what we're gonna be for. We are four more people meeting Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, number three, number three. Number three, you gotta become generous. This is awkward. <laughs> no, it is, because anytime, time a church pastor talks about money and his church is big, somebody, somebody's gotta say something. But if you've been at second chance, for any amount of time. In all honesty, let me ask you a question. Have I ever stood on this stage and done a drive-by guilting when it comes to money? Nope, I don't do that. Now, I still take shots. Shannon and I were in Jamaica three weeks ago, and we had a couple Karens <laughs> and a Carl on social media, and I was gonna respond then And Shannon said, no, baby, don't respond, just wait. And I did, I waited until now. (laughs) And this is what they said. This is what they said. Must be nice to be able to go to Jamaica. (laughs) And here's what I'd like to say. It is. (laughs) We flew first class. And we did it. And it's not because how much money. You, you know you know what? I went back and looked at these people's Facebook feed. None of them reached out to me when I got fired and said, you got groceries, you got a place to live, you got something to drive, you okay? You got a roof over your head? Nobody, nobody ever, ever will attack you for what you got until they perceive that you have more than them. <laughs> I mean, you get to go to Jamaica because, well, I've got 40 million somewhere, obviously, but I just don't know where it is. We got to go to Jamaica because in 1990 I gave my life to Christ, but in 1999 I gave my finances to Christ. And, and then in 2001, 2002, I met a guy named Dave Ramsey who yelled at me for eight hours about making stupid financial decisions. <laughs> and I spent the next three or four years getting out of debt. And when you get out of debt and you can actually take money and put it aside over an extended period of time, you can pretty much go anywhere you want. Has nothing to do with what we make. It has everything to do with how we handle things. And when people are generous, it blows people's minds. This is what the early church did. The early church said they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They were generous. We're here tonight. We're in this room tonight because of generous people making a way. I never forget this. I was standing in a line at an airport. And there was this guy next to me. We were kind of checking in the flight. And he, he looked rough. He smelled rough. And he was staring at me. Just staring at me. And I was, in, I was just not in a talking mood. Have you ever been not in a talking mood, somebody staring at you? And you're just like, Whew. So finally I turned and I looked. I said, can I help you? And he just, he was like, man, I don't think so. And when he went, Whew. Just my blood alcohol level, just from that blood. My blood alcohol, I mean, I couldn't have passed it. I was like, whew, okay. I said, I said, rough night? I said, rough night. I said, how rough? He said, I lost everything at the casino table. I said, everything? He said, yeah, I was up 5,000. Lost it all. I said, like, you lost all? He, goes, I, he said, I have no money. So he goes up next in line, and I'm standing there, and the lady tells him he's got like a $99 bag fee. And he, he's like, I ain't, I ain't got no money. Then the, 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 you know, the airport people, they're so nice. Yes, they're auditioning for the DMV. <laughs> and she said, you're going to have to leave your bag here. And God spoke to me. He said, go, go, go pay his $100. And I told God, I was like, he was at the casino tables last night. God? And God was like, so were you. I said, well, you're right. But I was at the $20 table. I went in. Uh... <laughs> I don't even know this man. I, I, I did. I, I took out hundred bucks. I walked up and I said, I said, this is a bag fee, ma'am. If you just let his bag go with him, that'd be great. And this this grown man looks at me, he he starts crying, and this is what he says, God is so good. Now, at first I got offended, because I was like, I paid the... (laughs) But what's crazy is, when somebody is generous like that, other people always connect it to God. Anytime we're generous, people always connect it to Jesus. And if there's an out-of-control area of your life, your finances, put in the hands of Jesus. Because he took two two fish and five loaves and fed fifteen to twenty thousand people. You put it in his hands, he'll multiply it. And you'll get your loaves and fish back. Because you can't outgive God. All right. Number four, get involved. This is a story you can tell your kids. Some of the stories you can't tell your kids, they're not kid-friendly. That's on purpose, by the way. Um, there's a chicken, there's a chicken and a pig walking down the road, and they saw a, a, a restaurant with, a, with two signs, had a big sign and a small sign. Big sign over the restaurant said, bacon and eggs, $1.99. Small sign said, help wanted. Chicken turns to the pig, said, let's, let's go get a job. And the pig looks at the chicken and said, that's easy for you. All you got to do is make a contribution i got to make a sacrifice. And it reminded me of times in my life where I've wanted to make a contribution and not necessarily wanted to dive in and sacrifice. But, but when it comes to the mentality of getting involved, well, let's just look what the early church did. They worshiped together at the temple each day. Each day. They had church every day. Sometimes, God come on, why don't we do that? I ain't there yet. I'm not that godly, all right? <laughs> Met at homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity and all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. So let me tell you how to get involved. I'm gonna give you a three-step plan. If you will do these three things for the next three months every week, at the end of this three-month period, you won't be able to recognize yourself spiritually. They're simple, but they're not easy. You ready? This is not rocket science. Attend. Some of y'all are like, preaching to the choir. Pastor Pete. <laughs> I'm here, like every week, even when you don't feel like it. Like you show up. Like I'm gonna show up. And, and as I'm preaching about this, I, There are people in this room, and you're here every week, but there are people watching online right now. And I'm not talking about our friends. We got a house church meeting in Columbia. Thank y'all for the picture today. I got that. It looks amazing. We got people from Texas. We got people from everywhere. I'm not talking to them. I'm talking about people in Anderson, South Carolina, and you're not here, and I love you, but the reason you're not here is because You're lazy. You, you could be here. I've got some issues. There are people in this room tonight that fought like hell to get here. You can too. And listen, don't be so secret about it. This week, I forgot where I was, but it happened this week. I'm standing, I'm just standing. a little old lady sneaks up to me. She's sneaking. She's looking around. She's like. Before I go to my church, could you holler? <laughs> kind of felt like a drug dealer. I was like, oh, wait a minute, I am a drug dealer. I'm slinging that hope rock, all right? We'll sling hope all day long. I'm just saying, that this right here, att- attendance, like it, when, when you get into the presence of Jesus, he loves you like you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. Starts messing with you. The next is, is invite. You, you want to look at church differently? Bring somebody with you. Because they start asking questions. you got to know the answer. They're like, hey, why'd that guy move? Huh? He moved. The guy moved. What do you mean moved? He, Pastor Pete said something. He went, Mmm. Oh, that's a rookie amen. He hadn't learned how to do amen yet, but you move before you say amen. You move, then you say amen. That's how you just move. Like, you get to explain stuff. Why does that guy got a question? Huh? They sing in a song. That guy's got a question. Oh, he's worshiping. He's got his hand raised. That's what he is. He don't have a question. He, that's called praise. You start out like this and you go like this. That's that's how it happens. So you you attend, you invite, and then you serve. Now, when I say serve, this is this is where typically, once again, it's like, oh, they must be short on volunteers. You make the big volunteer push. Listen, we've got amazing volunteers. Like amazing volunteers. I don't want anything from you. I want something for you. I want for you to discover God's purpose because every single person in this room, you were created on purpose by God with a divine assignment on your life. And one of the best ways to connect to that assignment is serving in what Jesus already loves, his local church. I'm telling you, he will stretch you. He will grow you. He will put you in uncomfortable places. But if you'll do these three things every week for the next three months, you won't recognize yourself. Neither will your spouse. Neither will your coworkers. God will grow you through that process. It's simple, but it's not easy. We good? Last but not least, we celebrate salvation. Celebrate salvation. I am. Uh, Mm. thirst a little dry. 1996, I got a phone call from a friend. Some of y'all aren't gonna believe this. You're gonna have to Google it. But the phone used to ring, <laughs> and we didn't know who it was. No caller ID. You, you picked it up, begging God. It wasn't certain people, right? No answer. I just, hello? <laughs> There's a buddy of mine in an apartment like two doors down. He's like, man, you got to come down and check this out. I said, I'm on my way. Get down there, and he's on his computer. and He says, Watch this. And he pushes this button, and his computer starts going. It's pretty good, isn't it? I said, What are you doing? He said, I'm getting on the internet. I said, Shut up. I'd, I'd heard of the internet, but I'd never seen it. He shook, he's like, I'm surfing. I'm like, Ah. Don't think you're surfing, but that looks cool. He showed me websites, and he says, watch this. And he did I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm checking my email. I said, email? What is email? And he told me, I was like, is anybody ever going to use that? He said, you should get an email address. I said, sign me up. And then there was a time. Remember, getting an email was the coolest thing in the world. You got mail. Now we get our emails, we're like delete, 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 <laughs> delete, 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 delete. <laughs> but the internet introduced us to some some really cool things and introduced us to some dangerous things as well. Um, the the internet went through a phase. We had the MySpace phase. Anybody get on MySpace? Anybody do my? I didn't, I missed that. Anybody get locked into Twitter? Anybody tweet, still tweet? Twitter? Anybody? Okay. And so, yeah. You got pissed when Donald Trump got kicked off, didn't you? All right, that's fine. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. I offend all political parties here. Um, Anybody Facebook? You're on the Facebook? Yeah, you're Facebooking. Instagram? All right, I ain't gonna ask about Snapchat because some of you sitting here with your mom and dad, they don't know you got it. (laughs) I learned that the internet is a dangerous place. By the way, let me pause real quick and say this. Since 2007 in America... Since 2007, the birth rate in our country has decreased by about 20%. We're not replacing ourselves. Depression and anxiety is increasing significantly since 2007. You can go back and research this. 2007, church attendance started decreasing significantly all across America. You know what else happened in 2007? I'm not saying it's Steve Jobs' fault. I'm not saying it's... It, it, smartphones affected it. Some of y'all are like, I had a Blackberry before 2007. Your phone was dumb, sir. Blackberries were not smartphones. They didn't work half the time. But, but it's, it's proven statistically that people that attend church on a regular basis... Wrestle less. I didn't say don't wrestle at all. Wrestle less with depression, anxiety, fear, worry, doubt. And, and when it comes to the internet, when it comes to the internet, it can be a dangerous place or it can be a great place. And I wanna show you what, what I think that we can use it for in regards to it being a great place. And it ties into Acts chapter two, verse 47. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, when we first started the church, I asked God if, and I'm asking for this every year we've existed, God, could we see at least 365 salvations this year? Because that's one for every day of the week. And on leap year 366, God, could we see can we see 365 people get saved? And that's a big, if you've been in church world for a minute, that's a big deal. I don't think I saw 365 people get saved in my first two churches in eight years of ministry, like total. And salvation's a big deal. When somebody prays to receive Christ, they don't go from being a bad person to being a good person. They go from being a, dead person to being an alive person. They're forgiven, they're transformed, they're made new. That's a big deal. And I told God, I, I said, I said, God, we, I, we're gonna celebrate salvation. I want us to celebrate it. So, every Sunday night, I'll do it tonight. Every Sunday night, I put up a post on Instagram and Facebook. And it usually looks something like this. It's, it's the, the number of salvations. I always do the number of salvations in our church. And I'll always do this. Now, somebody, somebody asked me one time, they said, well, Pastor what Pete, happens, what happens on the Sunday when we don't have any salvations? And I looked at him dead in the eye and said, that'll never happen. Because we're going to preach the gospel. And when you preach the gospel, people respond to the gospel. We're given the invitation every week, and people get saved in our church every single week. We've seen God do some cool stuff this year, just this year. And we started the year out with, what's the new that Jesus wants to do in me in 2023? You remember that? then we had a baptism that was absolutely amazing. Our last baptism was was insane. It was like, I'm still just not over what Jesus did in that baptism service. And then we did the Exodus series. Some of you remember that. And it was insane because I didn't want to do that series. And God was like, no, you're going to do it. And we saw people get saved. And then we did... Then we did it's not a suggestion. And on week one, we had crosses down front, and people came and put the sticker on the cross of the person they were going to invite to the Easter service. And the next week we did Easter and, and people that received Christ wrote their name on the sticker and and put it on the cross. You remember this? And and then we did the relationship series. And and then back in January also, Ryan and Lauren shared their story with us. We were all just so moved that God has brought them so far. I mean, it's, it's been a great, it's been a great year, and every week we've given an invitation. Every week every week so far this year we've seen 423 people (laughs) accept christ that's not normal y'all and it's may why would you share that number well, first of all, we're going to celebrate that. By the way, that number has increased because we, we've had people accept Christ today. But, but the reason we share that is because every number has a name. And every name has a story. And every story matters to God. We got a lot to be thankful for in our church. So tonight, before I give the invitation, I just thought it'd be very appropriate for our band to do the song Gratitude and for us to kind of watch and see what God has done in our church this year. Now, all day long, it's been a little different. You you stay, just stay seated, but if you can't stand it anymore, you can stand and sing, it's okay. But when we celebrate this, when we're about to see, when we celebrate this, I want you to think of one thing that maybe Jesus has done in your life This year, through the ministry of this church. Because out of everything that we know we can celebrate, there's a thousand things that we'll never see this side of eternity. And God has given us every reason in the world to be filled with gratitude. So, Jesus, as we take these next few minutes, just to pause and come before you and say, Thank you. God, thank you for all the incredible work that you have done. God, we know, just like we sang about earlier, you're not done with us. You're not done with us. God, I I believe we're just getting started. I believe we're just scratching the surface. I I believe, Jesus, we're going to see life come out of this place. Because, Jesus, when you speak, you speak life. So over these next few moments, as we celebrate God, may we do so with hearts that are absolutely full for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We are thankful that we have a God that is more than able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. If that's what he's done since May, what's the rest of this year going to look like? What's the rest of this year gonna look like in you? That's what I'm excited about. So pray with me, Father, right now, we just stand as a church and we say thank you for the work that you have done. But with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you right now, right where you stand, to thank God for something he's done in your life this year just tell him right now just thank you God. maybe tonight you need to see a miracle you need to see a, a miracle happen in your life and if that's the case ask God right now hey hey God what's my next step what's the part you want me to play what's my step of obedience Jesus and then when he speaks it to you, because he will, just surrender that next step. And maybe you're here tonight and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never asked Jesus to come in your life. You, you Just because you go to church, doesn't mean you're a Christian. We become a Christian when we give our lives to Jesus. When we ask Jesus to come into our lives, to forgive us of our sins, and say, I'm gonna do my best to follow you for the rest of my life. And if you've never made that decision and tonight you wanna make that decision, I'm about to lead you in a prayer and I'm gonna ask you to pray it with me out loud. That's right, out loud, but not alone. Our whole Second Chance family is gonna pray this prayer with you so you can know that you're stepping into a relationship with Jesus, but you're not stepping into it alone. So Second Chance family, let's pray this. And if you know you need to pray to receive Christ, Pray this with me right now. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I confess you as Lord. You can have it all. In Jesus' name I pray. Now, my head's still bowed and eyes still closed. If you just prayed that prayer, I want to pray with you. I wanna pray for you, but I wanna know who you are. So if you just prayed that prayer and asked Christ to come in your life, I want you to do me a favor right now and shoot your hand straight up in the air and leave it up. Shoot it up in the air and leave it up. Shoot it up in the air and leave it up. Up in the air, leave it up Up up. high. That's amen, amen. Anybody else? Amen, in the back, I see that. Amen, right over here on this side. Amen, anybody else? Keep them up, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. Amen, sir, in the back, I see that. Amen. God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that all day long, all year long, you've been saving people. I pray for every person tonight that raised their hand, that they would know Jesus, that tonight is the night they crossed over from death to life. Thank you for bringing them to this place. Thank you that they responded to your message. And God, I wanna thank you for every person in this room. God, that that we are not powerless. That in you, we are walking in potential. God, that you have immeasurably more in store, that your plans for our lives are higher, your thoughts are greater. So God, as we walk out of this place tonight, may we do so in confidence, knowing you're not finished with us yet, knowing that you've got more to do, and Jesus knowing that in you, the best is yet to come. Everybody that agreed with this prayer said, amen and amen. Are you glad you came to church tonight? (laughs) Me too. We'll see y'all back here next Sunday for baptism. Y'all have a great week.